0: Some super slams and beat downs. We've got the cheap shots and the clean finishes. Watch out for the chair. Ooh, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> this is top of the row. Now, here's the enforcer Baltimore's own Gil Kudo Jr. Hey, this is the national treasure and the real world's heavyweight wrestling champion, Nick Aldis, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Topics. Welcome to Top of the Rope Wrestling Radio, ladies and gentlemen. You just heard who I am. You have no idea how excited I am to not have network rules. It's not that I didn't enjoy my time being on CBS Radio. I very much did. I liked it a lot. I'm not saying I won't go back. That's what I said on my last show. It's not goodbye. I'll see you later. I'm not sure, but at the moment, it's a lot of fun. Why? Because I can be pretty honest with you about this. Not that I wasn't honest before. I can just express it in much more colorful ways. Like, for example, what the hell has Monday Night Raw (laughs) become? Now, I'm not just realizing this. Don't think I'm late to the party, even though I normally am. But the reason I was is because I had a show once a week that was on... CBS's schedule, so I had to wait for my show to roll around. And by the time most of the things happened, they had already been overtaken by another story. So I was naturally out of place, but I did my best to react how I can. I don't have to worry about that anymore. See, my original intent was to record this show every Thursday. Well, for some reason, Thursday has become a very eventful night in my life on a regular basis. I'm not sure why, but it has. For example, I didn't record yesterday because I had a pretty decently filled afternoon, and day 1 of the NFL draft happened on Thursday. Now, tonight now tonight is going to be day 2 of the NFL draft, which I'm very excited about. I don't plan on going into that. This is a wrestling podcast, but if you do want to hear me talk sports, I still am on CBS Sports Radio 1300 AM every Friday night from 6 to 7 PM. It's on a show called Dialogues with Chris Miller, my good buddy, Chris Miller. I also do another podcast with him and his dad, who we affectionately call Papa Doug. It's called the Baltimore Magic Show. Follow us on Twitter at BaltimoreWizPod. We're the the official Baltimore Washington Wizards podcast. And thank goodness they've been on quite the streak lately. Did you see what they did to the Lakers? Yeah, I know LeBron didn't play. I don't care. A win is a win. Tell AD to get his head out of his ass and play like that for a full 35 minutes. Anyway, anyway, let's go into what's going on here. Yes, I have a lot to focus on Raw, and I'm going to do my best not to just bitch about it because quite frankly, there's a lot of things that you shouldn't bitch about on Raw. The point I'm going to try to make is this about Monday Night Raw. Here's the point I'm going to try to make. There's really only one thing that's messing with us as fans that's making it a very rough watch. Is it a lack of talent? Absolutely not. Is it a lack of good wrestling? No. I don't personally think it is. It's one thing. It's booking. The booking is, to put it in the nicest way possible, confusing and at times misleading. To put it in the terms I want to put it in, the booking is fucking terrible. It's terrible booking. They're also trying to adjust to certain things, and I believe I read this correctly, that Jason Jordan, yes, the former member of the Alpha Academy that teamed with Chad Gable, who had the illegitimate sun angle with Kurt Angle. A lot of angles. It's like geometry up in here. And I don't, That was the whitest way I could have said that. I'd feel the need to call myself out on that. I apologize. But apparently he's one of the heads of creative now of Monday Night Raw. Apparently he has a lot more say. Also, apparently Scrap Daddy Adam Pearce has a lot of say. But that, I believe, is more led towards SmackDown, which is actually booked quite well and is a very good watch. But that's the thing. It's how good of a watch is it? raw isn't a good watch do you know why because it's tough to compare the wwe product to other products that aren't wwe because you have a different mindset going into them. Like, for example, before I watch Dynamite, which I very rarely get to watch live, I normally watch it the next day or whatever on the on the TNT app or the website or something. But when you watch AEW, or when I do at least, I walk in thinking, okay, this is a very good presentation of professional wrestling on television. That's what it is. It's professional wrestling on TV. You know what WWE's programming is? Well, let's be, let's be real. What Raw and SmackDown are, the quote-unquote main roster programming, because I'm tired of not calling NXT main roster. I feel like the only reason we don't call it main roster is because a lot of us like the NXT peeps better than the main roster peeps, and we don't want to lump them in with programming that isn't as good. And I think that's unfair. NXT is not a developmental brand anymore. It's not. It's its own brand, That's and everybody knows that. But for some reason, we keep acting like that's the case. I have noticed we're not using the term call-up anymore when people get moved to Raw or SmackDown from NXT. We're not using the term call-up anymore. We're just saying they get moved because we realize it's not a call-up. Anyway, get back on track of what I said. AEW is professional wrestling on television. WWE, or Raw and SmackDown, I should say, that's a television show based around professional wrestling and that's why it's a rough watch the only time i've ever seen a television show that's based on professional wrestling that worked was lucha underground but that's because it wasn't written like wrestling it was written like a television show Like a weekly episodic television show. Mark freaking Burnett produced the damn thing. That's why it was so good. If he's going to put his name on it, it's going to be a damn good product. But they wrote it like a TV show, but they presented it like professional wrestling. But it was based off of TV show. That's how it worked. And that's okay. That's okay. It worked very well. SmackDown is a well-put-together TV show that's based around professional wrestling. AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, Major League Wrestling, who apparently might be partnering up with WWE. I'm not sure. I didn't know WWE partnered with other brands. I just thought they bought them. But who knows? Anyway, all of those are professional wrestling that happen to have TV deals. Impact, same thing. That's why Raw is such a tough watch, because NXT, as far as I'm concerned, is professional wrestling on TV. It's not built like a TV show. It's professional wrestling on TV. SmackDown is a TV show based on professional wrestling, but it works because they write it and put it together like a TV show, but they tie it together with wrestling. Raw is a bunch of wrestling and a bunch of TV crap thrown on screen at the same time. Raw is the experimental part of WWE. And I'm not surprised that it's the experimental part. You know why? NXT is its own entity that operates differently and separately from everybody else. And SmackDown is the flagship because it's on the big network channel. It's Friday night prime time. They have to get it right. So what's left over? Well, it's not going to be 205 Live. That's just on Peacock slash WWE Network. It's not going to be NXT UK. That's just on Peacock. That's not a, I mean, it's a pretty broad audience, but people have to go fishing for it. So Raw is the experiment because it's a network show in a great primetime slot, but they can try things with it. Have you noticed who's getting airtime on Raw these days? Mace and T-Bar. Well, or if you want to be correct, Dio Madden and Dominic Dijakovic. Now I see all you guys tweeting, use their real names. We all know who we are. It's not like we haven't seen them before. We're not idiots. Hey, you know that Mortal Kombat movie that just came out? I haven't seen it. I don't plan to see it because I saw the older movies and they were terrible. And I feel like this one is going to be terrible. And I'm not even that big on the games, to be honest. Okay? I have one of the modern ones, and I have Mortal Kombat 4 on the old school N64, just for kicks, and I pick them up once every six months. I enjoy the game, but I am by no means an enthusiast. I don't have anything against it. But after that movie came out, a lot of people said it was not meant for pe- for fans of the video game. It was meant for regular people. Same thing on Raw! It is meant for regular people. Why do you think they had Damian Priest and the New Day throw tomatoes at Elias, Riker, and The Miz? Because it's for regular people. I'm going to use the same person I always use as a comparison. My father. It's for guys like my dad. And I'm going to use very blunt terms because I need to get this point across. My dad flips to that channel on a Monday night because there's no football yet. And he goes, what is this? Some giant Hispanic guy and those two unicorn dudes are throwing tomatoes at the guitar player and that guy from Hollywood. This is hilarious. That is the intent of why they did it. I don't like it. I don't think it's good either. I don't think it was a good use of time. But you have to get your head out of that particular beach that us wrestling ostriches stick our heads in and realize that wrestling at wwe's level is not written for wrestling fans it's written for regular people now the argument i always get in response to that is well gil look at the ratings the ratings haven't been that great and the only people who are watching it are people who are actual wrestling fans now that might be true It doesn't mean you don't market it for everybody, okay? Let's say you open a food joint and your specialty is, I don't know, you do badass barbecue chicken, right? That's your thing. You have great barbecue chicken. And you notice that no matter how well you do, no one under the age of 25 is coming into your establishment. You have two choices either make it more friendly for younger people or market to your core audience so you don't lose them. WWE is not in the same situation as you. You know why? They have no reason to market to their core audience because they know they won't lose them. I know the ratings might go down sometimes, But do you really think wrestling fans are going to stop watching wrestling? No. This is what we live for. I caught up on everything I missed yesterday. I watched seven hours of professional wrestling yesterday. And I didn't get tired of a second of it. And I know a lot of you are the exact same way. And this is a tough generation to get this across to. Because we have everything at the tip of our fingers on 18 different streaming services whenever the fuck we want so now you have to get a TV show with built-in commercial breaks over to a at-your-fingertips generation who wants exactly what they want or they won't just stop watching you. They'll cancel you. They'll take you off the air. That's what they're up against. That's why they market it to everybody because they hope it lands somewhere. Okay. WWE has five darts in its hand and they're going to throw all of them at the board and see what hits. And they do it because they can. AEW doesn't have five darts in their hand. AEW has two. Ring of Honor, New Japan, MLW, Impact. They don't even have two. They have one. And they're lucky if they can hit the board. And some of them in my personal opinion, Ring of Honor and Impact, not only do they only have one, but they're blindfolded. So they can't even see what they're throwing at. The other ones can at least look at it. So uh, it's it's an unfair game, and everybody knows that, okay? My buddy Sean from Sporticus Live, who I do some writing for because he runs MMA Torch as well. I write articles for him. Check him out if you want. Or you go to my website, which is topoftheropewrestling.com. I have my top 10 best WrestleMania performers up there. I plan to do another top 20 for the whole month of April. I'll have it up by Saturday, which is tomorrow. I'll have it up by tomorrow before May hits. But he put up an article... On, I think it was what culture or wrestling what one of those and it said do you remember the promo the McMahon's cut in the ring that said we want to give you what we want it still hasn't happened wah 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 bitch 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 I'm tired of it I'm tired of you bringing up the same shit here's the bitch fest part of the show I'm tired of you bringing it up get over it they either lied or they failed great what do you have now raw is not good i admit it i concede it should be a better show you got me you won because that's the real goal here it's not to give it's not to give suggestions and talk to people about how it could be better it's just to make other people agree with you that it sucks because misery loves company well now you have me for company i'm not miserable don't get me wrong I don't watch Raw and start dry heaving. I think it could be a much better show. It's interesting. But I'm curious how they fix it, if and when they decide to try a different avenue. But here's the other thing. You don't even know if they're going to for sure fix it. Also, there are a lot of things on Raw that are in place that I think we can be happy about. Okay? Who's going after the U.S. championship right now with reckless abandon? Umberto Carrillo. Who's in the best shape of his life, may I add? Who's got an ongoing feud with The Miz and Elias that always gets him airtime? Damian Priest, or as regular fans know, Bad Bunny's right-hand man, which is in no way a bad thing. And now he's partnering up with The New Day, who are so over, it's ridiculous. Bobby Lashley is the WWE champion on raw mace and t-bar appear to be the new hurt business they're gonna they're teaming up randy orton and matt riddle for rk bro and i'm curious to see how it's gonna go why because i don't look at something for two seconds and go not interested stop yourself please it's not speed dating. You got to get to know the person. Uh, it's unbelievable to me, man. And that, that's created another culture, this natural disdain for WWE. It's created a subculture. By the way, I love that name for Danny Luna, Mark Andrews, and Flash Morgan Webster in NXT. I think that was a cool little promo they did on their last show. But I digress. It's created a subculture where if it's not WWE, it must be good. Just because it's not WWE. I see it all the time. I do a show in sports. I've been doing sports radio for 10 years, been doing radio wrestling and podcasting for at least four. I see it all the time. Okay? Guess who's numero uno in the NFL right now? Patrick Mahomes. That means there's a whole subculture in the NFL fan world that if it's anybody who isn't patrick mahomes does what patrick mahomes can do it must be better because we're tired of getting beaten by patrick mahomes (laughs) that's what always happens okay i just feel like we're in a spot right now where like always wrestling fans have dug themselves into a corner Now, thankfully, there are little things that happen that can distract us, like Chelsea Green not crediting a photographer for something, and everyone completely lost their shit about it, and a couple days before that, all of you were doing nothing but defending her because she got fired by WWE. Now, I'm not saying you can't change your mind. I I I read the tweets. I saw what happened. I saw the messages, and I do believe the photographer, forgive me for not knowing his name, but I do believe he was in the right. Yes, she, she she kicked him to the curb and it wasn't cool how she did it. I agree. But why was it a whole fuss up that that was your main target? When Kenny Omega is a triple champion across three different companies, your focus was that Chelsea Green discredited a photographer? I agree it wasn't right, but there's so many bigger things happening. I know I sound like I'm minimizing the strife of another human being, but forgive me. I'm here to talk about professional wrestling. And Kenny Omega is currently a triple champion. He's the champion of, he's AEW World Heavyweight Champion. He's the Impact Wrestling World Champion. And he's the world champion in AAA wrestling in Mexico. That's nuts. Now, do I think he is that caliber of talent? Yes, I do. I do. I do think he's that caliber of talent. I think Kenny Omega is very good. One of the best in-ringers I've ever seen. Loved his stuff with Okada. Loved his stuff with Jericho and New Japan. See, I liked New Japan Kenny. I'm not a big fan of AEW Kenny, but I, I love New Japan Kenny. And I think Kenny's very good. And he's going to continue to be very good for as long as he can be very good. And I think he's worthy of it. Is he worthy of being a champion in AAA? Yes. Is he worthy of being the Impact World Champion? Yes. Is he worthy of being the AEW World Champion? Yes. Is he worthy of all three at the same time? Yes. Is he worthy of being a WWE Champion? Yes. Is he worthy of being the WWE Champion? No. He's not. Okay? You know who he is? He is Kevin Durant all the talent in the world but he ain't gonna get the big one unless the right people are around him. if don callous didn't come into his scope would he be on this level right now no if he wasn't running a faction of the elite that includes the good brothers which ropes in all those bullet clubbers like myself and the young bucks who are the indie darlings would he be on this level I don't think he would be. You let him go solo about this, he'll win a lot of mid-card titles and maybe a world championship in Impact. And that's fine. That's incredible accomplishments. He would still be one of the best going today. Top 12 all the way. But where he is now, no. No, he wouldn't be. He is not WWE champion material. Bobby Lashley is. Drew McIntyre is. Brock Lesnar is but not him, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, Edge, Cesaro, Seth freaking Rollins. I'm going to step away for a second. I need to take a breath. I'll be back. welcome back ladies and gentlemen let's talk about something that i uh was brought to my attention recently i I have to be honest i did not notice it outright but i saw it from somebody who i follow on twitter i consider him a good voice on the industry and he really knows what he's talking about Uh, his twitter account is simply view underscore raw he goes as steven he has a show on youtube i believe i want to give him his proper credit here And he talks a lot about ratings and a lot about things he notices that WWE is doing. And he talked about what I'm going to refer to as the post-Bad Bunny era of Monday Night Raw. Damian Priest has had a segment every Raw since WrestleMania. Basically. Umberto Carrillo is going after the U.S. title. Angel Garza is back on camera going after Nia Jax. And the ref who Charlotte attacked apologized and we got to learn his name and he's of Hispanic origin. I don't think that's a coincidence. I agree with what Steven mentioned because I'm paraphrasing here, but he effectively said they're putting more Hispanic personalities on TV because when Bad Bunny was on Raw, the Hispanic viewership went through the roof. And that's a smart call. I have no issue with that. Plus, it's cool to see these guys. On ta- I love seeing Carrillo back. He's in great shape. It looks like he's going to be fun to watch. I always liked Angel Garza. I think he's a talented guy who needs the right storyline. Cool to see a ref get some airtime. And Damian Priest, I think that guy's championship material. I think he should be going after Sheamus's U.S. title along with Humberto Carrillo. Don't be surprised if you start seeing the Mysterios a lot more on SmackDown too. But it's not a bad call. I think it's a good call. But Priest is one of those guys, man. I mean, I've been watching him since he was Punishment Martinez in Ring of Honor. I thought he was very good as punishment. I thought he handled it with grace. I thought he knew how to wrestle. Incredibly athletic big man. There are times he's a little hazy with talking, but that's because he's really not a promo guy. He's just really good at talking shit. <laughs> and I think that's kind of what they're leaning him into. Like, no, we don't really need you to promo on The Miz. We just need you to describe how you're going to beat the hell out of him. It's it's kind of a cool spot for him to be in at the moment. The thing is, he's on Raw, and you're going to get lost in the weird shuffle that is Raw. That's how it's going to go. Now... What is the solution to that? Well, I think you have exciting title feuds. But that's the other thing that I find interesting about this, right? Now, granted, the next WWE pay-per-view is on the 16th of May. It's called WrestleMania Backlash. Yes, I know. You don't like that they put WrestleMania in the title. You're not stupid. They don't need to spell it out for you. Thank you. Thank you for reiterating. I'm just calling it backlash because that's what it is. They just added WrestleMania. Why is that? Probably because they have a really big deal with NBC and live streaming is exclusively on Peacock. So average TV watchers are going to see that and go, Oh, this has something to do with WrestleMania. That's that big show that Hogan and Andre were at years ago, right? That's all. It's not meant to insult your intelligence. They're just trying to sell, they're just trying to get people to sign up and watch it. That's all. Sorry you don't like it. (laughs) But that show's coming up, and the original concept of it is effectively a rematch of WrestleMania in a lot of cases. But as you've noticed, it's not going to be all rematches at WrestleMania. Bianca Belair is going to defend her SmackDown Women's Championship against Bayley. Bobby Lashley was supposed to face Drew McIntyre again, but now Braun Strowman has worked his way into that match. I actually don't mind that storyline whatsoever, because I'm I'm not a Braun Strowman guy. Like I'm not gonna wear a T-shirt that says I'm a Braun Strowman guy. But I enjoy Braun Strowman. I I will repeat the remarks of one of my good friends from the Those Wrestling Girls podcast, which is the concept of man as train is a little bit weird, and I do agree with that. I, I think they're kind of trying to get away from that, and they're going to him just being a guy who doesn't like bullies, and I think that's not a bad way to go about it at the moment. I think Drew is a superstar who will excel anywhere that to put him, and I think Bobby Lashley is a surefire champion. I think this is going to be good. It's going to be a great three-way big hoss match that's going to, I don't think it'll blow the roof off, but it'll be very solid, and I'm excited to see it. Now, Sheamus looks like he's probably going to have a match with Umberto Carrillo, which is not a rematch. Oh, yeah, I'm being this guy. I'm going through the card and picking it apart just to prove to you all it's not a carbon copy. I- I'm being that guy. I enjoy being that guy. When that statement came out, so hey, don't be that guy. I said, wow, well, I finally have something I can be then. I know what I'm going to be. You got to be something. Then when it comes to the Intercontinental Championship, it looks like we are going to get a rematch there. But I have no issue with that. Why? Because WrestleMania ended because of outside interference, because of Commander Aziz. And yes, I know he's Dabakado. I, I I know who he is. I know you know who he is. They changed his name again. Sorry. <laughs> stop getting your, stop getting in a twist, man. It's not. It's not a big deal. And he has an opportunity. A guy who you don't see that often has an opportunity and it happens to come with a name change. And you're more upset at the name change than the guy getting the opportunity. I thought we were all about people who don't get opportunities getting opportunities. Humberto Carrillo was back on Raw two weeks in a row in there with a legend of the business, Sheamus. Oh, I said it and I meant it. A legend of the business, Sheamus, who's currently holding the United States title, who's actually bringing relevancy to the United States title, who was the first champion that's done that in a while. Okay, remember when the IC title was meaningless until Miz had his run with it a couple years ago and he brought it back to prominence and now it's back to prominence because Big E kept it relevant and Apollo's keeping it relevant. Now Sheamus is keeping the US title relevant because Riddle really wasn't. So now Sheamus is planning to do that. Why do you think they keep putting mid-card titles on 40-year-old veterans who have been there for 15 years? Because they know how to hold the fucking things. This is not rocket science. Well, most of it isn't. Some of you would like it to be, but it's not. I'm just glad we're done with moves per minute. But anyway, let's go back to what I was saying. I feel like this pay-per-view, I think it's going to be a solid enough show. I do plan to watch it. But you know, we're in a point right now as fans where people would just rather not watch WWE stuff. They just go, ah, it's WWE. Okay. I don't need it. And that's fine. I, I don't care. I, I am not of the no, come back, no, wait, no. I, I'm not one of those guys anymore. I'm not trying to say, no, don't leave. It's fine. No, I'm not one of those guys anymore. If you want to stop watching, go ahead. Go ahead. There's nothing stopping you, but the ratings don't change, which makes me think some of you are lying. And that's Fine. That's what's funny. If you say you're going to stop watching and you don't, that's okay. If you say you're going to stop watching and you do, that's okay. If you say you're going to keep watching, but you stop watching, that's okay. And if you say you're going to keep watching and you actually keep watching, there is no wrong answer here. All of you are correct 100% of the time. Stop acting like you're not. We are dealing in opinions, people. I hate to jerk the curtain back and go, sorry, but most of this is meaningless. But it is. I just have different opinions than some people. Everybody has different opinions. Do I think the Young Bucks are a big time draw? Yes. Does it mean that I like them? No. <laughs> Does MSK, as the current NXT Tag Team Champions, worry me because they look like an AEW Tag Team? Yes. Yes yes they worry me they do there are a lot a lot of crazy spots decent enough wrestling sort of half aware pothead attitude with comedy-based promos that are entirely observational and relatable yeah it worries me because that's the most successful way to get people's attention nowadays. People are looking for comedy because for some reason the entire country is fucking depressed. I understand we're in the middle of a pandemic. I understand stuff is rough for people. I completely understand. So, the reason for that is people try to find a reason to laugh. And the current most successful type of comedy and my personal uh I guess in my personal opinion right now is relatable comedy. Have you watched stand-up comedians that have actually gotten shows to do recently? All they talk about is relatable and observational comedy. That's all they do. Hey, have you ever been sitting in the park and noticed some guy who can't find his keys in his pocket and just go, man, I know how that feels. Now, I'm not saying that's not comedy. If you find it funny, you find it funny. If you don't, you don't. I just think it's ridiculous how what's funny now is when somebody goes, hey, don't you do this? And we all go, oh, my goodness, I do do that. (laughs) No, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just find it interesting that that's where we've gotten, that realizing that other people do similar stuff to you when we're all the same species is somehow comedic. I, I don't. Now, some of you are probably listening going, man, this guy's fun at parties. Why would I ever hang out with this dude? And that's okay. I think I'm fun at parties. I realize I'm reaching as I say that. <laughs> I don't party all that often. I'll admit that. You know, I I got friends who do different things. You know, my friends go golfing, and I'm and I don't like to do that. My, my friends do, you know, my friends do stuff like that. I don't like to do that. You know, I, I went to my first Orioles game in over a year and a half last week with my brother and a good friend and he doesn't and it was fun i had a blast but you know it happens you know once a month if that the, the point i'm trying to make here is wrestling is trying to mimic what they believe society is becoming and we're not accepting that they're doing that okay bobby lashley is the world champion or the WWE champion. Roman Reigns is the universal champion. Sheamus is the US champion. Apollo Crews is the intercontinental champion. The SmackDown tag team champions are Ziggler and Rude. Two proven guys. Because they need somebody to hold the division down. And the Raw tag team champions are AJ Styles and Almos who we still haven't seen. Now, apparently they appeared on an episode of The Bump, which I will absolutely not watch. Okay? This is where the old man yelling at a cloud in me comes out. I I will not watch that show. It's nothing but trendy, look at this, hashtag everything bullshit. I I I won't watch it. I I find it abhorrent, much like social media. So I I don't partake. I'll wait for the actual show to come on. That's fine. But the reason I list all the champions and say that they're trying to mimic what society is, has become, or at least what society wants or what they think society wants. If you look at who the champions are, are, are there any outside of the dirty dogs on Smackdown, any straight up and down regular white guy champions? Cause I don't consider Seamus that because he's Irish. He's natively Irish. Is, is that the case? I, I know, I'm, I know I'm, I'm going out on a limb by saying this, but right now, no, that's not the case. That's not the case. Now, does that really matter? No, because I would rather see good champions than champions that look a certain way. And right now, I think that's what we have. Bobby Lashley is a phenomenal champion. Roman Reigns is the best he's ever been apollo cruz is getting the ride of a lifetime right now and he is milking every drop of it with this new gimmick that i think is perfect for him because it's the gimmick that he's always wanted to do and now he's a champion as that gimmick with a seven foot guy as a heater how much better can you get sheamus has been busting his ass for this company for how long he won his first championship when he was what 23 now i think he's 40 something and he's still going man man before he hangs it up they gotta let him have at least one more shot at the big one because he's earned it cesaro was is in a feud with seth rollins cesaro wants to go after roman reigns daniel bryan is getting a shot at, at roman reigns tonight as i record on smackdown tonight daniel bryan is facing roman reigns for the universal championship and if daniel bryan loses he has to leave smackdown So people are saying, what if Daniel Bryan loses? What does that mean? Where is he going to go? Is he going to go to Raw? Will he end up on NXT? Will he leave WWE and go wrestle somewhere else? Will he stop wrestling altogether and just go be dad to his two little kids? I'm curious. Regardless of what he does, I wish him the best and I hope he stays healthy. I know he's got a neck deal. So... Who knows? I think he's going to lose. And I think they're going to put him on raw. Now, some people are going to say NXT because that would bring an interesting flavor to things. And I agree. I think raw would be better. Now I understand that would scare people because the booking on raw is rough. And that's me being nice. It's fucking bad. I'll just say it. It's bad booking on raw, but it's Daniel Bryan. He's one of those guys that can make it work. And there were a lot of guys who can make it work. Who who are guys who can make it work in WWE right now? Daniel Bryan makes it work. Right? The Miz makes it work. Sheamus makes it work. Damian Priest makes it work. The New Day make it work. AJ Styles makes it work. A lot of guys who can make it work. And I agree we need a change of creative direction on Monday nights, but even if they do change direction, it doesn't mean that it's going to be what everybody wants, but we believe a change of direction is needed. My thing is here are my three basic principles for is a show being run well in WWE, because you can't say that with other companies because other companies normally only have one show. But in WWE, is it being well? There are three basic principles. Number one, do you like who's wearing the titles? Number two, is your world championship feud worthy of the title right now on Raw? I think it is. I agree it might be pushing the edge of no, but it's good enough at the moment. And finally, is your show diverse enough? Is there enough of the women is there enough of the smaller guys? Is the tag team division given a shot? Is there comedy involved? Now on Raw, the women's division could certainly use a little bit more time. They got pretty good time last week, but they could use a little bit more time. And why the current storyline is simply Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus everybody while Nia Jax slips and falls everywhere I don't understand why that's the focus, but it's what they're going with. And that's okay. Cause I'm excited for Naya and Shayna to split up as a team. And I want to see Naya become the dominant force that she used to be where the work rate fit her. And she wasn't prone to botch that often. And I want to see Shayna Baszler have one last hurrah as the dominant force of MMA she used to be and go after Asuka one more time. Because you look at other women's divisions and it's a different story, you know. The SmackDown women's division is starting to open up a little bit. I think as the rivalry progresses between Bailey and Bianca Belair, we'll see that. On NXT, I think they have the best women's division in wrestling, if not overall. AEW still doesn't really have a women's division. It's, as far as I'm concerned, AEW's women's, women's division has four people that are worth our time, two people that are worthy of being champion, and one person that's a star. So, who's worth our time? Riho, Nyla Rose, Hikaru Shida, the champ, and Britt Baker. Who's worthy of being a champion? Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker. And who's a star? Britt Baker. Now, Shida is an amazing professional wrestler. I love watching her do it. But Britt's number one on AEW. That match she had with Thunder Rosa was next level. And now it appears that Thunder Rosa is on nwa full-time more so than aew so Britt has to carry a lot of that weight herself and she will i don't know why she's not champion yet but it looks like she's finally getting her shot at shida and i'm cool with that because brit should be number one in aew and honestly if she really wanted her talents to blossom she would go work for vince mcmahon well probably more directly triple h because now I think that's what you need to do in women's divisions and wrestling. Don't go where there's nobody to be a star. Go where all the stars are and prove that you're better. That's what I think it should be. Why do you think Chelsea Green got let go? Because she was where all the stars were and she couldn't prove that she was better. I think she's good. She'll find her calling. She was the indie queen. She'll be the indie queen again. But in the big time, she's just not there yet. That's all. The only thing I left for you guys is Charlotte Flair Woo! is back to her old ways, and I love it. I absolutely love it in every single way possible. It is fantastic to watch, and I can't wait to see more of it i can't wait to see more of what she does is she gonna get put more or less directly into a title shot again maybe maybe she will maybe she won't i'm not sure but if she is i'm not going to be that mad at it why because she deserves it because she's really good i know her last feud with lacey evans was weird because she had no in-ring chemistry with lacey evans She had her match with Manny Rose that looked good enough. She'll get back on it. I will give Charlotte this. As good as she is, she does need just as good talent across the ring from her. I will say that. She's great in the spotlight. When the pressure's on, she makes diamonds. I agree. But she needs equally across from it. Also, I don't know if you noticed, but on NXT, they ran a little promo called The Diamond Mine. And people are thinking it's Tessa Blanchard. Now, I'd be curious to see what Tessa has to offer in a ring these days. I'm surprised it took her that long, but apparently she took a lot of time off. She said she's grown as a person. She said she's ready for her next opportunity because she tweeted pretty big time right after that promo aired. So I'm pretty sure it's her. And I'm curious to see what she's going to do. I'm curious to see. I know she had a really rough incident. And I know a lot of people don't look at her favorably. I don't look at her favorably. But I'm willing to give just about anybody a second chance. Now, having said that, does that mean I'm on Hulk Hogan's bandwagon? No, because we gave you a second and a third chance, and you fucked it up two more, <laughs> two more times. <laughs> but I'm willing to give anybody a second chance. Just about anybody. I mean, there are some things that change my opinion. For example, Dave Lagana, who used to run NWA, I got the chance to meet him. I thought he was a great guy. Then I heard the story about him and what he did, allegedly, and I was mad that I shook his hand, and I wish I never did. So I'm just saying, man, these things change pretty quick, but it looks like Charlotte is back to her old heel ways, which is the best way for her to be, and Raw needs her. Raw needs her. Also, last thing on the Royal Women's Division, let's go to Rhea Ripley. I don't know who's putting her promos together, but it's awful. She just looks like this robotic, quote-unquote, big woman wrestler that just talks about how she's going to smash people, and it just doesn't fit. Let her go back to what she used to do. You, you used to, her, her promos and what she used to say used to come from the pit of her emotions, and you can tell they don't anymore. And it bothers me. Hmm. Well, that's going to be my big finish for you guys on this particular show. I'm only going to give you 45 minutes as opposed to an hour. Kind of a slower week, I will admit. i recorded this show, just so you know, at about 3.30, 4.15 was the timeline on Friday pre-Smackdown. I think Daniel Bryan is going to take a loss. And I think he's going to go to another show or he might hang it up entirely. My guess is he ends up on Raw. I'd love to hear some feedback from you guys. Please take a listen. Listen to my other podcast called The Baltimore Magic Show. Follow it on Twitter at BaltimoreWizPod. Yeah, hee hee. But it's the Twitter handle. that made sense. Also, listen to my other sports show on CBS Sports Radio 1300 AM called Dialogues with Chris Miller. Where me and my buddy Chris—it's his show—talk about sports. We had a great mock draft on our uh, on our show tonight. That's going to start at about six. We didn't get any picks right, but it'll, it'll be fun to listen to anyway. I also plan on starting another podcast. If anybody wants to be a guest, please tweet me, get in touch with me somehow. Check out what I write on MMAtorch.com. Uh, I, I got my I got I got my hands in a lot of places. Should have phrased that differently. That's a great way to end the show, guys. That's it for me today. I'll talk to you next week.